Father, tonight, I just thank you for the power and the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit that is within us. Lord, I thank you tonight as people have purpose to be here, to show up, to be a part of this service. I thank you that your word goes deep in their heart, builds and encourages them, Lord, and gives them faith for other people. Tonight, I declare that principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered null and void and harmless against these people in the name of Jesus. The devil's been defeated through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is alive and he's well. His word is alive. His spirit's alive. And we're here alive in Christ Jesus. And tonight, Lord, we just give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Glory to God. So, James chapter 3. We've been here for the last four services. This is the fifth message on faith for others. And we've been talking out of James chapter 3 and and, um, Proverbs chapter 18. And... In James 3, in verse 2, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, it says, For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, he never says the wrong things. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Now, I've been reading this verse of Scripture for, this is the fifth service that we've focused on this verse. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit of it. Death and life are in the power of what you say for your life. If we want power and strength and we want things working for us instead of against us, then we have to, we have to control the things that we say. We've got to be aware of what we say. But that verse 2 of James 3, that verse 2 in James 3 is an amazing verse of Scripture. I'm telling you, it's a, it is literally a powerful verse. Because in that verse of Scripture... Is, is literally what every person needs to succeed in life. I want to read it again. Think of that. Every, what, what you need to succeed in life begins right here in verse 2 of chapter 3. We all stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, meaning he never says the wrong thing, talking about having faith for others and I believe having faith for someone else means that you have to be in faith and to be in faith in life you have to control what you say you have to be aware of every word that comes out of your mouth he said if he never says the wrong thing now would would that be in scripture if it wasn't possible no absolutely not Is it possible? Absolutely. And what you and I have to realize 
is another word in here is, is, is a word that people get kind of freaked out about is the word perfect. He said, if he never says the wrong thing, he's fully developed, he has a fully developed character and he's a perfect man able to control his whole body and curb his entire nature, be in control of his life when he controls what he says. Now the word perfect there is not flawless. I'm going to say it again. The word perfect there is not flawless. It's developed. So a person that is developed and is developing, and he starts developing, a person starts developing when you choose to begin to judge what you say every minute of every day. In other words, every word that comes out of your mouth. I heard somebody years ago teach something along this line, and, they, and it was back in, in the 80s. I heard someone teach this, and they gave a challenge to begin to write down how many times that something negative comes out of your mouth. And I mean, I was shocked. I, I thought, well, you know, I've got that down. And I realized real quickly, I didn't have it down. That, that I was so accustomed and so trained, I had allowed myself to be trained to say all kinds of different things that I thought were okay. And God, said, God showed me way back then, you'll never develop into who I want you to be if, you don't, if you're not aware of what you say. Well, Pastor, I mean, you know, do we just never say anything? <clears throat> well, it wouldn't hurt you for a while. And you just walk around with a piece of duct tape over our mouth, it wouldn't hurt you for a while. It wouldn't put cancer on your body. It wouldn't hurt any of us, myself included, to never say anything. Go a whole day and don't say one thing. No, I'm not anything. Man, I work and I have to do this. Well, you know what I'm saying. Say as little as possible. One of the things that helped me was being aware of saying something good about everybody that came across my path. We're talking about having faith for other people, and to do that, faith has to be built up in us. And you'll never walk in a level of faith or even close to a level of faith of what Jesus walked in in the earth if you don't believe in your words. The Bible's real clear that whatever we say is so will be so in our lives no matter what the Word says. If you believe you're a loser and you talk loser and you, you have a loser mentality, no matter what anybody else tells you, no matter what you hear from the Word, if you don't change what you say about yourself, at the end of the day, you'll believe you before you believe anybody else. It's a proven fact. It's proven what the power of the spoken word will do to change a person's life. It's, it's, it's unreal. I was in a doctor's office one time, and I grabbed a, I grabbed a uh, you probably heard this story. Just act like you didn't if you did. If you, if you heard it before. But I grabbed a Reader's Digest in a doctor's office one time. I don't know why I was there sitting in it. And 
I grabbed this Reader's Digest, and in the Reader's Digest was this scientific study that was done with these two plants. And these two plants were put in two separate rooms, given the same water, same sunlight, same food, whatever. And, and, and I, I don't remember how long that this took, but every day, for I, I want to say for maybe 15 or 20 minutes, people would go in and speak to those flowers. And in one room, they spoke only negative things. And it gave some of the things that it said to the flower. You're the ugliest. You're the worst looking flower I've ever seen in my life. And this person went in there with attitude, speaking to it. In the other room, they spoke only good things to the flower. And over a certain period of time, I don't remember how long it was, it was watered exactly the same, cultivated everything else. The flower had withered up. How many believe that's true? I remember reading that in that Reader's Digest and thinking, the Bible's proven itself right. Huh? Science is proving that the Bible's true. Life and death is in the power of what you say. Right there with those little flowers. If it works for flowers, what about you and I? Are you alive tonight? Is your, are you breathing tonight? I'm telling you, if you're alive, if there's life in you, then what you say is the key to you being developed so that you can have faith for other people. Now, skip to the end of the chapter here, and we'll come back to a couple other verses, but skip to the end of the chapter. And look at... Um, well, let's read from verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion and every evil thing are there. Verse 17 and 18, the last two verses right here, I want to read them in the Amplified. And they're pretty long verses in the Amplified, but I want, I want you to listen to them or follow along. Actually, I'll just read them with you up here. <clears throat> but the wisdom from above is first of all pure and undefiled. Then it is peace-loving and courteous, considerate and gentle. Do you think that the strife and division person is that way? No. Notice it says, it says, the wisdom that is from above is, it is peace-loving and courteous and considerate and gentle. Do you think that a courteous person or a considerate person would say something like, hey, that's my seat. Get over. Is that considerate? No. So the, the attributes that he's talking about right here are actually 
the attributes that make up the nature of God, the love of God. God is love, and it's the love of God. And it's those things right there that he's mentioning that are the result of what we say. If you back up to verse 15 and 16, the wisdom, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. What wisdom? The wisdom that is that is has bitter envy and self-seeking in their hearts and 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 go against the truth. In other words, they don't they're not speaking the truth, but there's all kinds of other things, criticalness, bitterness, unforgiveness, those kind of things coming out of their mouths toward other people. And and you know, one thing that we have to learn, and you have to you have to learn this in life or you'll never advance if you don't learn this. Now you can forget about the kingdom and what what has to happen to make up the kingdom and the church and those kind of things. You can forget about that. But you you have to learn this principle right here that no matter what anybody else does, no matter what you're going to do what's right. You're going to operate in that wisdom right there. No matter what anybody's ever done to you, and no matter what anybody will do ever in your life. No matter what someone says, no matter what reactions there are, no matter the attitude that someone else can have, that when you learn to operate right there is where this development comes and you will never find yourself saying the wrong thing. Can you go a whole week and never say the wrong thing? I say yes. At least two of us do. Yes, you can. Could you go a whole month and never say the wrong thing? I believe you can. Could you go longer than that? Could you go a whole year and never say the wrong thing? It depends on what you practice. The person that never says the wrong thing is a fully developed character, a perfect man, able to control everything in his life. Think about the things that are out of control in your life tonight. Things that you don't like about yourself. You're not going to think about other people and have faith for other people when you don't like things about yourself. Those things can change. They don't have to stay that way. You don't have to be a person that is moved and emotional about everything that other people do. Every time someone does something that you don't like, you don't have to be moved by that. You don't. See, because when other people do things emotional and you're moved by that, what will happen is the first thing that will happen is you'll start saying things about it. You'll go along and try to find somebody that will agree with you. Did you know that she did this and they did that and this person did this and you know what, you know what, so and so did this. All of a sudden, these kind of things will start coming out of your mouth. That's not the wisdom from above. That's the wisdom from the earth that is sensual and demonic and devilish. No, it's just what it is. It's from the enemy. It's either from God or or it originates from the lies of the enemy. Yeah, and we don't have to do that. God wants our lives so aware of what's going on around us, so aware of the people around us, that it's like, you know, 
I don't even have to think about myself. And the more we develop that, the more we'll live like this. Now watch, watch what he says in these two verses. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. The Bible says you'll know people by their what? Their talents, by their education, by their looks. Oh, that person's really good looking, and so they got to be honest. <laughs> Full of compassion and good fruit. You'll know them by their fruits. Not whether they're a fruit cake, but by their fruits. Love and joy and peace and compassion and full of, uh, full of compassion and uh, reason and willing to yield to reason and these things. Wholehearted and straightforward, impartial and unfeigned, free from doubts, wavering and insecurity. You think you can be in faith for other people when you're free from doubts, wavering and insecurity? You know, you know where doubts and wavering come from? Insecurity. When you're insecure in yourself and, and afraid of other people being better than you or better looking than you or this or that. or li Listen, there's always going to be somebody that's better looking than you. There's always going to be somebody that's more talented than you or doing something better or it appears that they're doing something bigger than you, especially if you're on social media. How many people in here take the worst pictures in your life and you put them on social media? Come on, we, nobody's going to put what the horrible things that are going on. Most of the time, most of the time, okay, people take pictures of things, making sure the direction of the camera, all the stuff is right, and every, every, you know, there's nothing behind, and every, everything's perfect, and makes it look really good, actually better than really it is. Huh? So people get on there, they get real insecure. <laughs> if I would just, if I just, that. If I could just have something like that. No. No. When you start watching what you say and you start putting your faith out for other people, all that stuff goes. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not next week. Maybe not by the end of the month. But I'm telling you, day after day after day after day, as you develop that, things change. That's what he's talking about right here. And how does it come? Look at verse 18. This is how it comes. Now watch, watch this wording. And the harvest of righteousness, which is the righteousness is the conformity to God's will, to God's will in thought and in deed. In other words, what you think and what you say is the fruit. The harvest is the fruit of the seed that is sown in what? Not strife. Peace, not strife. Peace, not strife. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read that again. So, how many want good fruit? Okay, 
Good fruit comes from active sowing. Right? Good fruit comes from active sowing because you are allowing your thoughts and your words to be what are right in God. That's what he's saying right there. When your, wor- when your thoughts and your words are lining up with what is right with God, and that's what you're sowing, then you are sowing peace, and it's producing fruit. Watch what he says here. Sown in peace by those who work for and make peace. Wow. Where? In themselves and in others. You realize you set the tone for everybody around you. Like a piano tuner, he comes to tune a piano and he sets, a, he sets the rest of the keys with the tone. Boom, boom, boom. And then he sets everything. Boom, Bong, or at least that's what they did when they tuned our piano. Bong, you know, and, and he said everything. Not by whatever sound you wanted. He sets the tone for everything else to be right, to be lined up, to be in alignment. And you're setting the tone for everybody around you. No matter, no matter, everybody sitting in here lives different lives. We come in contact with different people, but you're a tone setter if you're born again. Well, you're a tone setter if you're not born again. And you're going to set a tone, whether it's negative or positive, based on what you're sowing. If you're sowing strife from within you, you got to get rid of that. Anybody ever sown strife? Don't raise your hand. I'm raising one hand for all of us. We've all sown strife. All of us have sown strife. And when you're sowing strife, okay, in the same way if you're sowing peace and you're working peace out within yourself, then it's affecting other people the same way. When you're sowing strife, it's, co- it's contaminating other people with strife. That's the way it works. To have faith for others, you can't be in strife and division within yourself. In other words, you've got to be working it out. No matter what. Because you and I were put on this planet not just to exist, we were put on this planet to have faith for other people the same way that Jesus had faith for us. The Bible says, who endured the cross, he despised the shame. Why? Because he saw you and me. And God's wanting you and I to have the same kind of faith that he had for other people, but without us working it out within ourselves, we'll never do it. Sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. That peace, which means concord, agreement, and harmony between individuals. With undisturbedness in a peaceful mind free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. That's where the insecurity comes in. There's moral conflicts and competition and attitudes that we have towards other people because of the things that aren't worked out within ourselves. I had, I had uh, at a certain time in my life, I had a real hard time with family. 
certain time, years back, I had a hard time with family, with my, my brothers and sisters and my extended family. I just had a hard time with family for different reasons. I just had a hard time. I had things built up in my head, and I had a hard time with family. So when I married my wife and started having kids, you know, I didn't just, it wasn't just smooth sailing because of the difficulties that I had with family. And one day, and it didn't start, it didn't get all fixed in a day, but one day God said, you know, down the road, you're going to have the same attitude if you don't start dealing with yourself. Because you know what I'd focus on? I'd focus on what everybody else was doing. Or, actually, what I was focusing on is what it appeared everybody else was doing. <laughs> and, and, and what I was focusing on was the attitude that everybody else had. No, what I was focusing on was the attitude that it appeared everybody else had. Because of my tainted view... And the way I was looking at everybody else, what I was judging them in is my attitude. See, because my attitude wasn't right, I was judging everybody else as though they were that way. And nine and a half times out of ten, that wasn't true. Probably ten out of ten, but, you know, we'll give a half. Most of the time it's not true. Because when you're sowing... Strife and division, when you're sowing that and you're working at it, then it's producing that fruit, the, the fruit of strife and division. But when you're sowing peace and you're becoming a peacemaker, everybody say that, I'm a peacemaker. We, we, we need to write a song. I'm a peacemaker. Okay, something like that. <clears throat> I, I like it though. It's just there's something about that that's really good. I'm a peacemaker. Come on, you guys, figure that one out and write, write me a song. I'm a peacemaker. See, when you're sowing peace and you're a peacemaker, then what it what it deals with within yourself. Listen, just imagine living a life where you're never insecure, never, ever. No matter what anybody else does, you're never insecure. You never find yourself, first off, judging another person and then saying things about the person. Because, see, when you judge them up here, if you don't deal with the thought, boom, it's going to be out of your mouth before you can catch it. Wait, 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 I didn't mean to say that. Work on it. Practice it. Develop it. Think of a life where you're never insecure and every time something good happens to someone else, you throw a party. Every time something good happens for someone else, you throw a party. Well, that's not like that ever happens to me. Yeah, and it never will. Why? Because you, whatever you say is so, is so. Whatever you say is going to happen is what's going to happen. Well, it never happened to me. No, and it won't. It won't. Every time something good happens for someone else, you start throwing a party in your head. Or go throw a party for them. Or rejoice with them. Call them. Send them a card. You know, go, go on Facebook or, or, or Twitter somewhere, uh, Instagram, and tell them how great 
you know, how proud you were, so excited for the good things that are happening. And listen, that doesn't mean that thoughts won't come to your mind and say, you know, it seems like, you know, it's happening for all these people, but, you know, it's like nothing's happening for me. Just shut that stuff down. Don't let it come out of your mouth. And the more you rejoice for others, you get your mind off yourself, and you know what happens? Things start happening. So what does that mean? In every person's life, they're the problem. God's not the problem, and the devil's not the problem. Death and life are in the power of what I say for my life. Barna, it's not the devil. It's not God keeping something from me. God's trying to get stuff to us. God wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. I'm telling you tonight. He wants you blessed. Our part is we got to control what we say. we got to control what we allow ourselves to get wrapped up in and, what, and, and begin to control what we say so that we can control everything that we do. I never have to say the wrong thing. I never have to get emotional. I never have to overreact. I never have to get moved by what other people do. I never have to be insecure. I never have to give in to the threats of the enemy when he comes to tell me that something is true when it's really not. Because how can something be true that goes against the Word of God if I have faith in God? I don't care what it looks like. All he has against you, all he has, is what things look like. And if you'll live in the seen realm and you'll make decisions based on what you see, he's got you. And he'll rule you for the rest of your life. I'm just telling you tonight, that's not me. And how many will join me? That ain't me. Everybody say it, that's not me. Not going to be moved by what I see and not going to live in the seen realm. I'm going to live in the knowing realm. I know who I am. I know who he is. I know what he said in his word, and his word's becoming more real to me than ever before. There's a lot of work here because there's a lot of things that look a certain way, but you've got to work overtime to make sure that you don't let that, those thoughts stay there, that you change those thoughts by what you say. Yeah, it does look that way. Yeah, that, that person did say that. Yeah, this thing did happen. The old things are passed away. Everything is brand new right now. The greater one lives on the inside of me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength, and the Lord is the strength of my life. The peace of God passes all of my understanding, stands guard over my heart and mind. The things which are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of a good report, I think on these things. I let no corrupt communication come out of my mouth. But that which is good to edifying, that what I say ministers grace to those who hear me. I speak the truth of the Word of God in love, and I grow up every day in the, in, the, in the things of God. I let the peace of God rule in my mind, and I refuse to worry about anything. When you fill your mouth with the Word of God, and you piece the Word of God together, it's not manipulating the Word of God. It's enforcing what the Word says is so. He says everything that I just said, He says is so. 
And when I speak it, and when I declare it, and when I decree that, and I put that out there, I'm enforcing what he says is so. And I tell you what, when you're declaring and then you're believing what he says is so, then we get the fruit of that. Because that fruit of peace only comes from those who are sowing peace. And you'll never sow peace if you don't learn to control what you say. Can you say amen tonight?